Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this. Turn up the volume and let's go. It's Resurrection Sunday. Look at the person next to you and say, you look as beautiful as a well-stocked Easter basket. Say it to them. I started my day today with the shower. You're welcome. And while I was in the shower, a song came on my Spotify, and it said this, Jesus is the answer for the world today. And I was rubbing my armpits, but I stopped and raised my hands to heaven and, because it is so true that Jesus is the answer. And on this day, we celebrate with the church global, 2.6 billion Christians, the fact that on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, conquering death hell, the grave, allowing us to be forgiven and saved. Let's give Jesus a big hand, everybody, right now. There is no final answer like the resurrection. It's an answer that's lasted the test of time. Most human beings are remembered one generation and they're long forgotten, but the resurrection changed everything. It's an answer to everything, and the Bible and its fame has outlasted kingdoms, kings, governments, and empires, and it will still do the same. And it's not going to be broken, and every word of God that has been spoken in the testimony of Jesus will be established on the earth until he comes again, because Jesus and his word is ultimate truth. Say ultimate truth. Have you ever met a celebrity? Ah, come on. You know, we don't run into a lot of celebrities here in Springfield, Missouri. But one day I ran into like all the celebrities in one day. In one day I saw Ned Reynolds, Brad Bradshaw, Tad Moreland. If I'd have saw Lisa Rose, I'd have fallen over. All the local celebrities in one day. And granted, I am always legitimately surprised by celebrity sightings. Back in the day when Branson had a real airport before Southwest landed at the wrong airport and messed us up forever, Google it, uh, they had an airline called AirTran that would fly direct from Branson to Orlando. And my wife, we had just moved here, she was like 20 and had never flown without God's man of faith and power. She was flying by herself and she would have been fine, but she was sitting next to somebody and she talked to him the whole time, and this guy was trying to get her to know who he was. He told her a bunch of different times, have you heard of this song? Have you heard of that song? Have you heard of the song Coca-Cola Cowboy? She said, no, I have not. And, and, and she was so unsure of herself, I guess at the connecting flight or wherever she was going, that this guy stayed with her and walked her to her gate and made sure she got where she was going. And it was a celebrity, folks, it was, just trust me on this, Mel Tillis, yes, Mel Tillis. Just trust me, he's a celebrity. He wrote Coca-Cola Cowboy and like Your Country Cheating Heart, I think it was. Former celebrity, my wife met him and he helped her to her airplane gate. And when she told her father-in-law, he was like, whoa, Mel Tillis, and she's like, yeah, he was kinda nice. One time, I was in 
mercy back when it was St. John's. And I hit the elevator and the elevator door opens and standing there are two huge U.S. Marshals that don't look like they're there for fun. And they've got bulletproof vests on and they've got this man and they're pushing him in an elevator in a wheelchair. He's all shriveled up. But I looked at him and the Goomba in me bore witness with the Goomba in him. Goomba is a word for Italians, people. Come on. And I nodded at him and he nodded at me and I thought, who was that? I knew who that was. Folks, I saw John Gotti, the Teflon Don, the mobster, the boss of the Colombo crime family in an elevator in Springfield, Missouri. I wish I could have had time to get his sauce recipe. Your sauce recipe. When I was on a, when I was on a, a field trip in... Indianapolis one day at the Omni Hotel, I'll never forget it, a huge swarm of people started moving and I didn't know what was going on and I started to run and see it and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the side of a famous boxer named Mike Tyson. I saw, I saw, I saw his ear, his intact ear. He, he, he has his ears. I saw Mike Tyson. If I would have had the chance to talk to him, I'd have said, Mike, can you punch me? I just want to be able to tell people I got punched by Mike Tyson. Easy, punch me. But I didn't get to talk to him. Renee and I, listen, I've not killed it many times, but on our 20th wedding anniversary, your boy killed it. I surprised Renee with childcare and tickets. I said, baby, pack your bags. It's our 20th anniversary. We're going to New York City. We'd never been. And listen, it's probably my best work ever. And when we were in New York City, we went to this food court or whatever, and I actually took this picture, this, this old man here, put him up there. I took that guy's picture and uh, Renee saw him and she got all excited. I'm like, why are you getting all excited? She goes, Tyler, I think that's somebody famous. Like, who is it? She goes, Tyler, that's Bobby Flay. And so I was like, no, it's not. And so we, we were doing the kind of like, is that him? Is it not him? We walked around and I did what you're not supposed to do, which is I took a picture of Bobby Flay right there, but I never talked to him because I didn't want to enter, you know, I didn't want to embarrass myself or embarrass him. And also Renee was getting so excited. I got a little ticked off and I was ready to beat Bobby Flay, honestly. Not interested in meeting Bobby Flay. I wanted to. <laughs> Celebrity sightings. I had this weird one. And I was in the Dallas airport. And I'm having a McDonald's back in the day when I ate poison. And I'm there. And I see this guy. I think I know. I know he's famous. I know I've seen him before. But I have no clue who he is. It was this guy right here. Put him up on the screen. This guy, I was like, who is this guy? I know this guy. What's his name? I can't figure it out. Five years later, I finally figured out who it was. And he knew I noticed him. He knew I knew he was famous, but I didn't know who he was. He wasn't famous enough for me to say who he was. And finally, it hit me one day. That's Harvey Kettle, and he was in Reservoir Dogs. And we ate together at McDonald's, and we flew to California on the same airplane. But I never said anything to him because he was trying desperately to avoid eye contact with me because he knew he had been spotted, but I didn't know who he was. And one time I was on the Santa Monica Pier in California with my kids. And while I was there, everything started moving around me. My little kid who... His name's Evan. I owe him $5, not for saying his name, was a, he was a, I don't know if you know what this is. He was a Jake Pauler. I don't even know what a Jake Pauler is. He was in the Jake Paul, the Ohio fried chicken, all that goofiness. And so everything starts swirled around me. And these D-list celebrities that are part of Jake Paul's posse show up. 
and my kid gets all excited and right walking up on me is Team 10. These are all the people that I think pay Jake Paul to be famous and the kid on the bottom was there and two of the other ones were there and my kid's like, ah, it's Team 10, it's Team 10. I could have got my picture taken with Team 10 on the Santa Monica Pier, but I had no clue who they were. Jesus was much bigger than any celebrity. He is much bigger than any celebrity. And people had the opportunity to see him and meet him. There was a man in scripture who is, his name lives in infamy named Pontius Pilate, or as they call him on the streets, Pony P. Pontius Pilate missed his moment with Jesus. You know, the internet when it first came out, and I do remember that, it was only a searching mechanism It used to be just for searching. It's a search engine. But honestly, even though we use it for a million things, that's ultimately what it is. People are continually searching for something. That next sense of dopamine they get, or whatever it is that we're looking for. We waste so much time searching but not finding. And anybody ever said, after a particularly bad moment on the internet, say to themselves, well, that's enough internet for today. (laughs) I think I'll move on. Because searching does not produce satisfaction. And so Pontius Pilate had a moment when he was in the same room with Jesus. And, 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 and we're going to look at that today, but he missed his moment, just like I missed all these celebrity sightings. The only thing we know about Pontius Pilate is repeated in the Apostles' Creed, that Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. I want to ask you a question. I talk about celebrities and all that, but have you, have you ever... Have you ever thought you saw God? Maybe not with your eyes, but have you ever thought you caught a glimpse of him? Maybe, maybe you had a near-death experience. Maybe uh, someone prayed for you at a wedding or you saw God in the faith of somebody you loved in a family member. Whatever your background is in church or with faith, um, have, you, have you caught yourself wondering, is that really God? Is that really him? Just like I was looking and wondering, is that really my time? Is that, is that really God or is that just a lookalike? Now Pontius Pilate, he was a lightweight, right? He was, he was a low-level government employee that was ambitious. He was mid-tier at best. He was sent to Jerusalem by the Romans. He was a political guy climbing the ladder. Israel was a strange place occupied by these overtly religious people that would get super mad about weird things and have riots and they were hard to control. Nobody wanted the job Pontius Pilate had. And when Pontius Pilate met Jesus, Jesus was nothing more to him than some country prophet, some, uh, somebody from a backwards place called Galilee. And, and Pilate had killed his, his fair share of Jews to keep the peace, and so this one's no different. But Pilate had Jesus standing in front of him, and while many prisoners would come before Pilate and plead their case with tears and screaming and clawing and asking him to save their life, Jesus came before him and was steadfast and completely silent. It was a celebrity sighting like nothing else you've ever seen. Mark 15 and two says this. And Pilate asked Jesus something. He said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said, you have said so. And then skipping to John 18, 37, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come to the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone is of the truth listens to my voice. This is 
Pilate's big opportunity to say, Jesus, tell me more. Jesus, I need to know. I need to understand. This was his moment. He could have done something that would, we would remember him maybe the rest of time and eternity, but he did something that so many of us are doing today in verse 38. Pilate said to him this terrible question, what is truth? Pilate got caught up in the idea that truth is relative. He got caught up in the notion that there is no universal truth, that everything is subjective, that there is just truth to you. What is your truth? And I'm afraid it's so common for people to dismiss the claims of Christ with the comfortability of relativism. It's true for you, it's true for me, it's true for all of us. Jesus breaks all that. Jesus is ultimate truth. Jesus is absolutely authoritative. Just a few verses before that, Jesus showed us what reality is in John 14 and 6 when he said in this, I am the way and the truth. Truth is a person. Truth is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Like Jesus could have recognized Pilate's power. He could have done all kinds of things, but the truth of the matter is Pilate really wasn't in charge because Jesus was truth and you cannot kill or break truth, it stands. Matter of fact, Jesus said to him in John 19, 11, he said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Jesus is challenging his claim to own that moment and, and he, is, he is pointing him to a power greater than himself and letting Pilate know God is in control even if you think you are. You see, Pilate, with that what is truth question, was so good at shaking off the feeling that there's more to this moment, there's more to this. Like, like Pilate should have realized, I shouldn't dismiss what's happening here so quickly. What is truth? Who can know it? And he turned away. Like he didn't expect or desire an answer to a question which he asked merely just to end an inconvenient interaction he was having. He was trying to disassociate himself from real answers. And Pilate tried to appease the question by acting like truth was unknowable or that he was uninterested in truth. Pilate caved to pressure and he sentenced to death an innocent man that he had declared to be innocent by his own voice. And he hid behind being an agnostic I don't know what truth is, where is truth? So many people have had their lives changed by Jesus, I'm one of them. And the person of Christ, the one who endured the cross, who suffered all the shame, who was buried in a tomb and guarded by soldiers and who came alive, who came alive after three days, listen, in all your searching, don't assume Jesus isn't what you're looking for. Don't assume that God is unknowable. Don't assume that truth is relative. Don't assume that the people you've gathered to worship with today have found their truth. No, they have found the truth. And so I'm saying to you, don't stop searching too soon. Don't assume that truth is whatever people want it to be. God can be known. Pilate could have known God in that moment. Jesus himself said in Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. In the New Testament of the Bible, there was a man named Paul who in Acts 17 went to a place called Athens where they had 
tons and tons of shrines, tons and tons of little idols. Acts 17, 22 says, men of Athens, he's talking to them. I can tell you're very religious in every way for as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. We fall into the case like Pilate where we say, what is truth, I can't know it, or we're like these people in Athens that have so many shrines, everything's competing for worship, and it's all the same. The truth of the matter is what Paul was trying to uh, say to these people here by saying, I saw your many shrines, he was telling them, you believe more than you think you do. How many of you are really would say, you know, I'm an atheist or I'm agnostic? Listen, are you really at night when you're alone? Are you really in the face of your fears? Are you really in the, in the impending reality of eternity that will hit all of us? Paul said, I notice that you're religious and you're open to the possibility of God. And, 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 and you may feel that way. I'm very religious or I'm not religious or I'm here because somebody invited me. Whatever you are, understand this is a moment for you and it's very important to realize encountering Jesus is different than encountering subjective truth or plural truth. It is a truth that is unlike any other. Jesus was not just a good teacher. He claimed to be God. So he's either God or he's a liar. He's nothing in between. And the truth that I want you to know today that there is a God even if you haven't met him yet, there is a God. And, and some of us could say, maybe I'm tight with God, or others, you know, you're not sure, but you're willing to believe. We're willing to believe, like they're willing to believe in all those shrines and all those things. They're willing to believe in something. Paul says this in Acts 17 and 23. He said, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. That's where we get our word agnostic. The word there, agnosto, theo, unknown God, agnostic. Now, he wasn't talking to flat out atheists. He was talking to people that just weren't sure. People that were saying, what is truth? People who had all kinds of shrines, all kinds of things they were chasing. And in Acts 17, 23, he says to them, this God whom you worship, the one, the one that, to the unknown God, that God, this God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He's saying, you've seen the lookalikes. You've been chasing what looked familiar, but I'm telling you about the real God. I'm not here to twist your arm. I'm here to point him out and tell you. And then Paul tells him about the real God in Acts 17. And I don't have time to share all that with you, but you can go read it. But he's saying this God is all powerful. You can't do anything to help him. You can't make him better. He is God all by himself. And what I want you to know about your relationship with God today is that God is in reach. The whole world is lying to you, telling you there is no God and that science has all your solutions and that technology has all your answers. But that is not the case at all. There is one hope for the world, the risen Christ, and his name is Jesus. And he's not subjective truth. He's not He's not plural truth, he is the truth. So there is a God and we can get to know him and you don't have to miss that moment. That's why our church exists. It exists to introduce people to Jesus and help them to follow him. We're here to courageously connect people to Christ and community. You need Jesus and you need people in order to grow spiritually and that's what we do. We encourage people to show up. Like, we'll be here next weekend. You could come back next weekend. It's amazing. We would still be here. 
we encourage people to show up because being exposed to and in the presence of God changes everything. The Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy. Need some joy? And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's why we show up because God does amazing things when we show up and worship him corporately. We encourage people to find their people and grow up. God uses people to grow you. You don't just grow on your own. God uses relationships and God uses life stories and God uses people to care about you to help you grow spiritually. And then as time goes on and as you grow, we encourage you to step up and use your life in a significant way to serve others. It's Easter. It's wonderful. And people who've gotten to know God through Jesus, we just remember what Jesus did, that he died for us, that he rose again. And Paul is telling the people in Athens on that day about that part too. It says this in Acts 17, 32. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said we want to hear more about this later. There's three responses I'm talking to you about. What is truth, laughing, and later? That laughing thing's a dangerous thing to do. Maybe you're too polite to laugh out loud, but you're like, you know, I'm smarter than all these people. These people don't know. Listen, I was that way too. I hated the church I was raised in, people. I hated it. I decided if y'all people are going to heaven, I don't want to go with you. I'd rather go to hell by myself than be with you people because I want to get away from you people. That's the truth. But ultimately, when Jesus got a hold of my heart, I understood the difference between people and him. And then the later, uh, later, Paul was standing before them and saying, there is an answer that you've been looking for. Some laughed, some said later. Pilate said, what is truth? I'm just saying to you, don't miss the moment. My only A-list celebrity sighting happened in Dallas. I had some friends I was with, and one of my buddies, he lived in Plano, but there was this restaurant that he, only knew, he, knew, the, he knew the manager, and we got special seats, and it was great. He was so excited to take us. And they said, hey, when you're there tonight, there's gonna be some A-list celebrities, and I don't care, but they cared. And so we're sitting there, and his friend comes up to the table, and he's like, look over there. And there were two pretty normal people sitting across the way. Uh, they didn't look anything special, but he, he, he pointed them out, and he said, look over there. So we, you know how you're sitting somewhere, you don't wanna be like, so he just kinda went. And these two people were sitting across the way. That's the guy from Coldplay, and that's Gwyneth Paltrow and they were sitting across the way. But I never would have known it was them. Number one, because they didn't care. Number two, because they looked pretty normal. Like there were no red carpets laid out for them. They were just eating their Southwest egg rolls. You know, they, it wasn't an Applebee's, but you know what I'm talking about. Like that's Iron Man's girlfriend and the guy from the most hated band in America. How did I know it was them? Because somebody told me. And I'm telling you today, there is a God. You can know him. He's been reaching for you your whole life. Don't say what is truth. It's true for me, true for you, but it's true for everybody. There is one truth and it's Jesus. Don't take the response of laughing and don't take the response of later. You can know God. 
And I am pleading with you to know him. All you have to do is ask him, lean into him. Do not miss your moment because Jesus is the answer. And all your Googling and all your searching and all the things that you're doing, there is only one answer that satisfies the human soul. And it's a relationship and salvation from Jesus Christ, our Lord. There are many people that have already, they've received that great gift of salvation from the Lord Jesus. And they're getting water baptized today as a symbol of their covenant with him. All day long across all of our campuses, people are getting water baptized today to identify fully with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it is a powerful and beautiful thing. And we do that unto him today. And if you've not done that yet, we literally have everything you need to get baptized today. Like we got the hair bows, we got the, you name it, we actually have it. And it ain't no question about it. The God you thought was unknowable, the God you keep missing, is reaching for you today. He's better than Coldplay. He's more beautiful than Gwyneth Paltrow. He's stronger than Mike Tyson. He's got better teeth than a bachelor. He's Jesus and he wants to save you. The first step to knowing Jesus is to put your faith in him. It's to voice and give your wholehearted trust and complete commitment to him. Faith is everything. Faith is where you come to Calvary's cross and you lay down your life and you receive life from the God who suffered the sin and suffered the pain that you should have suffered. You know, Jesus on that cross, that was your sin. You deserve to do that, but he did it for you. You know what kind of person you are. I know what kind of person I am. And you deserve death because of sin. But Jesus took upon himself your sins so you could be forgiven and set free and you could walk in freedom and joy a new life and have salvation. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.